Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 3, if you will. Praise God. Some of the classic messages I've preached over the years. This is one the Lord gave me many years ago, but I have still to this day cease to exhaust the revelation that is in it. Every time I go back to it and study it, God shows me something different. It's amazing. And I believe it was a real, what, would I, what could you call it? It was a real landmark event that happened that not only that not only it you know, brought that anointing that was on Jesus for three and a half years, but it also gave us a pattern in the Word of God for walking in that power. Now, the reason I'm using this particular uh, message on Wednesday nights is that w- that's what we've been teaching on is the power of God or just every individual believer walking in the power of God, which is for most people that are Christians, that's a very abstract uh, 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 thought to have in your mind that there could be some element or aspect of your life that is supernatural. Amen? Well, you know, your words can be supernatural. Your thoughts can be supernatural. Your prayers can, there's so much about you that can be supernatural without there being some kind of, you know, spooky something going on. Amen? Uh, but it is true, God wants you walking in His power, but it's not power that He gives you to hold. It's a, it's a power that He wants flowing through you. And I, I truly believe uh, that in these last days, uh, I listen to, uh, I don't know, I know many of you follow Brother Joe Morris, and I listen to him today, and I'm like, man, can it get any crazier? Can things get any wilder? And the problem is so much of, the, of the, our news media here in the States doesn't report those kinds of things. He does, he, you know, he goes to the uh, Jerusalem Post and all these other newspapers and uh, things like that. But I'm telling you, we are living in the last of the last days. Jesus is coming very soon. So there not only needs to be a great supernatural effectiveness to our lives in in witnessing and letting our lives be a testimony uh, for Jesus, winning people to the Lord, seeing the harvest come in. We're going to need it for wisdom, amen, and protection. Wisdom and protection. You know, God can protect us. So many different ways. I was thinking the other day about how many times Jesus, you know, that they would gather and try to do something like they tried to do in Luke chapter 4 when the Bible says he came out of the wilderness and the power of the Spirit began to make that great proclamation in Luke chapter 4. Listen, they didn't, lie. They didn't shout and rejoice and, and jump up and down and say, oh man, it's camp meeting time. They took him to the brow of the hill and were going to throw him off. But the Bible says he turned around and just walked right through their midst. Aren't we in Christ? I mean, there may be times you just have to turn around and walk right back through their midst. Amen? You say, you really believe things. Well, listen, I know this. We've never lived in a time like we're living in right now. And it, it gives, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it keeps getting weirder. Amen? I mean, it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And it will, listen, there will be a breaking point. You can tell. There's all this pressure on everything that is in our society. It'll come to a breaking point. But the good news is we don't have to come to a breaking point. We can, what the Bible says, we can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, uh, I told uh, you there in Matthew, you don't have to turn there, but James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now notice that scripture again. Uh, uh, Submit yourself therefore to God. Then it says, resist the devil and he will flee. That word flee actually means to run and start terror. Amen? 
Now, you, you have to have that image in your mind that when you release that authority, that doesn't mean the devil gets 10 times bigger. That means he takes off running. Amen. And it doesn't, so have, uh, doesn't have so much to do with you as it does Jesus Christ in you and his authority that is in your life. But now notice it says, submit yourself therefore unto God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. So obviously according to that scripture, our, our, our power level in our life is directly proportionate to our submission, which is tied directly to our obedience so what does the number one thing the devil tries to get us to do is to not obey God or to be disobedient. And I can come in a lot of ways. I mean, the Lord's dealt with me over the years over disobedient thoughts, disobedient feelings, three moans. <laughs> hey, you ever have a feeling you think, well, that ain't right. Well, that's God telling you that ain't right. You shouldn't be feeling like that. Amen. So you got to be careful. Judge yourself in those things and make sure. Now, we've taught on that many times. Well, well how do I submit to God? Well, you've got to submit to his word. Amen. That means you, may, you put the word of best I've ever heard it and I hadn't tried to improve on it was this. You have to put the word of God first place in your life. Amen. You have to put the word of God first place in your life. It has to be the core of what you believe. And literally serving God is not you being uh, in the center of things and God being peripheral around you. It's God being in the center of things and you, be, you being peripheral around that. Amen. That's where the success is. That's where the blessings are. And that's where the power of God is most evident in your life. Amen. Now, we have this great example here in... in uh, Matthew chapter 3, let's start in verse 1. Let's read here. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, now notice that this, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Actually, he was proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is here. It's here. Amen. Listen, you're, you're going to start hearing a lot of people proclaim Jesus is coming soon. There's already a lot of people that are proclaiming it, but you're going to start hearing it more and more. It's going to start resonating and resonating because he's not coming for a, like a thief for us. It may be a surprise the day he comes, but it shouldn't be a surprise the week he comes. Amen. Amen. I believe his people will know. I believe they'll know. I believe we'll know in our spirits. We'll all, everybody will start having a stirring in their spirit and they'll be going, oh my goodness, something's fixing to happen. Something's fixing to happen. Something's fixing to happen. Next thing you know, you're airborne. How'd, that, what was, how'd we get off on that? That's good anyway. <laughs> Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's always those that are proclaiming what God is doing. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same John had his raiment of camel's hair, a leather girdle was about his loins. His meat, his meat was locusts and wild honey. Now notice this. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. Now, that area was and still is the most religious area of the, of, of the earth. Amen? 
uh, you know, I don't know if you've been keeping up with trends in religion and things that's going on, but this new Abrahamic religion, have y'all heard about that? In which they're coming up under the umbrella of Abraham, both Muslim and Christians being melted together under the Abrahamic covenant. covenant. Well, guess who's, guess who's initiating it? Anybody know? Catholic Church, the Pope. Oh, come on, church. Y'all look shocked. I guess we need to get Brother Joe to come. Amen. We kind of catch us all up. Well, I mean, it's, it's right there. It's not, it may have. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory talked about in Austin, Texas. No, it's, no, it's not. It's, it's right there on the front pages of the major news publications of the world. They've been doing it right out and open. Amen. That all lines up with what's going on in the, in the Word of God. The entire Word of God. I think that, I don't know if it impacted people like it did me, but that message that I preached during, during the Fall Harvest Conference where I said, you know, I can see this on the map, but I see an exit before we get there. Well, that's just exactly what the Word of God is to our lives. Now, here's John the Baptist, and he is, he's touched of God. You say, well, what do you mean by that? He has the touch of God upon his life. That's why people are coming out of religion and tradition and all kinds of stuff and coming out to him in the wilderness to be baptized, not with a, not with a salvation baptism, but a baptism of repentance or basically saying, I'm going to straighten my life out. Kingdom of heaven's at hand. Something's fixing to happen. Amen. And I bet it didn't happen overnight, but I guarantee you it began to grow. People began to come. And I'm telling you, he was a fiery preacher. But God was preparing something. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt exactly John the Baptist is at the right place at the right time doing the right thing in the timing of God. He was foretold, this is the one. He's not the one that would come, but he's the one that we're foretelling or he'll be the forerunner of him. Amen? Then, then came out to him the two different qualifications of a move of God, of something that God's doing. Amen? So here's something that God's doing in the earth, and that's really not a good way to say it. A better way to say it like this, this is the only thing God's doing in the earth. This is the only, not, 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 not something, something going on over in Turkey and something over in Europe. No, right there, right there in uh, 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 that Jordan River area in which John was preaching and, and, and just doing everything he could do to get men and women to repent of their sin, turn from God, and prepare themselves for the coming kingdom of God. Amen. So that's, that's where on the earth, if you were to appear on the earth at that time and say, hey, I want to go to a revival meeting. Well, I'd say, well, there ain't but one place to go. Let's look on the map here and see where it's at. Here it is right here at the headwaters of the Jordan River. That's where John the Baptist is baptizing people, preparing, for them, preparing them for the kingdom of God that's fixing to manifest right in front of their eyes. Amen? So we know God is moving. But now, verse 13 is, is, a, is a place where we connect to this in such a way that it becomes very, how can I say this? We connect to it in such a way where it becomes very instruct, instructional in our lives. Now notice verse 13. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Very simple scripture. You don't have to think about, you know, how that's got to be some. No, no, it's, it's just very simple. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee. Now that was about, about a 70-mile journey. 
about a 70 mile journey that he took. Now I have found it, I found this out by experience, but I'm going to tell you if you ever get a hold of this in your life, it'll change your life. You say, what is that? Moves of God, revivals, outpourings of the Holy Ghost. Listen, they're very inconvenient. They will interrupt your life, but I'm going to tell you, it's the sweetest interruption you've ever had in your life. There's, no, there's nothing more glorious. There's nothing more wonderful than God just coming into your life and just taking your schedule and rearranging it. And then all of a sudden you're flowing in the things of God, doing this, doing that. God's moving. See, the enemy has tried to stop a lot of that in the past couple of years. He's tried to put it to, yeah, well, we're not, we don't want them doing that in Ireland. We don't, want them do it. we don't want them doing that down in Nicaragua. We don't want them doing it. Listen, I don't care what the devil does or does not want. Amen. We're going to see the kingdom of God expand because just like in John the Baptist day, there were plenty of obstacles, the biggest one being the religious crowd that, that was in Jerusalem conspiring with the Romans to keep the, to keep the Jewish people under their boot. Amen. And a revival's fixing to happen in the midst of that. He said, what do you mean? Oh, now you got COVID, you got, you got this social issue, you got that problem, you got this and that, and you got the money doing this, you got the Republicans doing that, you got the Democrats doing this, you got all this kind of stuff. All stuff. How could God ever move in the, in the midst of that? You watch. God will move in the midst of all of that confusion and bring literally a clarion move of God in which people will see Jesus. And he'll see him in us. In his power, sure in his power, but in his love and in his compassion because people right now are so confused, so hurt, so, so worried in their minds that they need some help. Amen. Amen. Now notice this. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee unto Jordan, unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me. Now, years ago in my own life, I understand how God does things, his protocols and structures. A lot of times people don't understand his protocols and structures. You say, what do you mean? Well, how God does things, that's, that's the protocol. And then the structure in which he does it from, which is his word. God will say, see what my word says? And then he'll take it and put it into your life and say, now this is the way it works. Or this is the way it operates. And this is the way you need to walk in it. Amen. So here's, here's John the Baptist, this very unique individual, this, this firebrand of a preacher out there, but his message is what? We read it back in the first part of the chapter. His message is one of repentance. Repentance, that means that's a sinner going into the water. That means it's a sinner coming up out of the water. That means that's a sinner confessing, I've been stealing from my boss, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. What is Jesus? That's my, I've got the same question. If that's as far as the story went, I would have had the same question as John the Baptist. I need to be baptized of you? And you come to me to be baptized? See, God moves in such a way. That's why he's so awesome. So awesome. He can move in such a way in which a person over here can have a need of healing or something. And, and you can just be speaking the word, talking the word, or whatever, and, and, and a word of healing can drop in them. And the same word that was a word of healing to one could come over here and just literally uh, be a word of prosperity to someone else. It's so diverse. But on the framework of it, God's fixing to perform because he watches over his what? His word to perform it. This is the point in which Jesus is empowered. Now, he's 30 years old. Now, tradition teaches us this. 
about the Jewish family, about the eldest son, about a family that would lose their father, and how the eldest son would stay in the family till he was 30 years old. That was Jewish tradition. So at age 30, Jesus left the home that he lived in there in Galilee, and he traveled almost 70 miles, and he went to the headwaters of the Jordan where this crazy meeting was happening. That's what he did. Amen? We have no other history of him. We saw him at 12 in the temple. And all the teachers were, who is this kid? Well, he was the very word of God that they were discussing. The living word of God. Right there in the So we don't know. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've heard all things. People have written books, all this kind of stuff. But the word of God doesn't say anything until he gets 30 years old. And at age 30, he does what? Well, what did it say in James chapter 4, verse 7? That was written actually by his half-brother years later. What did his half-brother write? Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You say, well, why would you say that? Because the next story in the Bible in Matthew chapter 4 is the story of Jesus' resistance against everything of the flesh, everything of the mind, and spiritual. And he resisted it with what? Not my mighty power, not I'm anointed. No, it is written. And based on it is written, the foundation of the word, he was able to release authority. To where in verse 11, the Bible says, then the devil leaveth him and angels came and ministered to him. Woohoo! I'd like to get in on some of that, amen? I believe we've been visited many times by the angelic host taking care of us, amen? So we've got, we've got John saying to Jesus, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me. Jesus answering, now listen to his answer. Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, that's why being baptized in the Jordan and coming up confessing some type of sin was not relevant to Jesus because Jesus was not there to confess sin because he was sinless. So he was there to do what? He was there to fulfill all righteousness which is another type and shadow of the believer coming to the place in his life where he's not constantly dealing with sin anymore, but the entire effort of his life is to fulfill all righteousness or to find the will of God and to live in it and flow in it all the days of their life. Amen. That's exactly what Jesus is doing here. It says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. Or he said, John, baptize me because you baptizing me, the both of us are showing forth that we have right standing with God. This is proof of our right standing. Did you know your submission to God is proof of your right standing? That means you did not earn righteousness. righteousness. You received it through the new birth. God made you the righteousness of God in Christ. Now this behavior that you're performing is mirror, mirroring, mirroring, mirroring. No? Okay, mirroring, whatever, amen. Jesus on the inside of you and your right standing that you have with him. Amen? Amen? Now, let me close with this. This is a good part. 
Even better. Next verse. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the he there being John. John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now notice this. Identity and empowerment. Who is this guy? Who said that? What did you hear? Said he's my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Well, I think God said that. Wow. So that's him. So that's him. That's his beloved son. That automatically gave him identity. And then the, the Holy Ghost coming on him, that's where that empowerment for those miracles came upon him. Amen? Now, here's what's unique about Jesus. He received the full measure. It says in John chapter 3, he received the Spirit without measure. But we get it by measure. That's why we need to be in unity. We need to be in agreement. Because when we all bring our measures together, we got a greater measure of Christ among us. Amen. Some people just don't realize that. And a lot of people gather by the thousands and they're all in unbelief. Amen? Well, I like what Jesus said, whether two or three. I said, whether two or three. So if I get two or three, we can have church. Amen. Amen? So here he is, and he finds a place of anointing in his place of submission. Now, this is something very unique to the body of Christ. Not everybody's called to preach. Not everybody's called to prophesy. Not everybody's called to, 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 to have pulpit ministry. But everybody's called to do something. And whatever that call is in your life, there is an anointing for you to do that. That means there is something that God will rub on you that is not natural, but it is supernatural. You will not do it naturally. You will do it supernaturally. You say, well, how does that work? Well, it begins by you becoming submissive to God. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. You submit, number one, to His Word. That's first place in your life. Amen? Then you, then you have to submit to all the structure that God puts in the Word. The body of Christ, the spiritual authority that's in the Word, you've got to submit to that. But then you've got to submit to the voice of God when He speaks to your heart and be obedient. Because really none of the rest of it means anything if you're disobedient when you finally get to the point where God can speak to you and He does and you don't do it. Amen? That's why you've got to keep growing in the things of God so God can continue to speak to you. Because he wants to communicate with you. And I know a lot of times his communication sometimes can be very difficult. You say, why is that? Because many times he's working on our character. And he begins to speak things into our heart and we're like kind of, I know I should have stayed home and watched Astros tonight, you know. <laughs> They're hard to compete with. The Bible says in the last days they would not endure sound teaching. That means you've got to endure it. But it'll work for you. Amen. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Correct spiritual perception. Amen. A lot of people go around and say, God talked to me. God said this. God said that. God hadn't said nothing to them. Amen. I, I still like my. Uh, 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 Joke from the insane asylum. Say, we shouldn't be talking about one of them. Well, I've been there. I can talk about them all I want to. Amen. Well, there's two guys standing there. Both of them had a straitjacket on. 
stand in line to eat. One said to the other, God spoke to me last night. The other one said, I didn't say anything to you. <laughs> Amen. Brother Haggis, Brother Haggis wasn't near it. It was a little more cruel because it named somebody. What was her name? Mary. Guy was touring the, the insane asylum and there's a guy in a padded room and he was backed up. He'd run and just butt his head against the wall and just scream Mary. And he'd back up again and he'd run against the wall and scream Mary. And, and then so the, the man walking with the, the guy who was the head of the place, he said, what, what happened to that guy? He said, well, he, he was going to marry this girl named Mary and she jilted him at the altar. He's been insane ever since. And so they walk, you know, two or three more uh, uh, places down. There's another guy in there screaming, Mary! And he'd do the same thing, run across the place and just butt his head up against the wall. He said, well, who is this guy? He says, this is the guy that married Mary. <laughs> Listen, it's not hard to discern the voice of God. But one of the most dangerous things that, that people do as, as, a, as a believer is to do something dumb then add God's name to it. Why'd you do that? My guy told me. Well, he didn't tell you. Amen. I mean, and sometimes people, they have dreams and visions and things appear and all kinds of stuff. But let me tell you, you know when God speaks to you because he always speaks to you on the level of your own faith. I've always said it like this. God will never tell you to do something that you can't do, but he'll always tell you to do something that you can't do. People say, what do you mean? That sounds like gibberish. No, it's not. He knows you can do it because he judges your faith, not your talent or your ability. He looks into your spirit, he sees your faith, and he says, you have faith for that. That's where an unction to do those things comes. That's where an obedience comes into play. It starts out many times with not things with not much, uh, you know, wouldn't affect anybody else, but it was just you, God, be like, well, like in my own life, in giving and offerings and things like that. I, I used to think, man, you know, why in the world I, I work hard for the money I've got? Go out and preach? Go out and do odd jobs? And then I got to go in and give 10% here and I got to give and, and do this. And, and you know, I used to always, I fought that fight for about two years in my mind because the natural mind, amen, the, the natural mind does not receive the things of God. It'll always do the math and always vote on the side of the flesh to disobey, amen. But I got into a situation in a place where I was praying a lot, studying the word of God and then God spoke to me into my spirit. And said, can't you see my precepts in the word are sure things. You have to obey them. And then he said it like this. You got to get happy about doing it. So I started getting real happy about doing it. And I started blessing people and giving. And next thing you know, God just started blessing me. It was amazing how my mindset changed when I heard the voice of God. Now listen, this will help you. And I'll close with this. When the Lord spoke to me to be obedient in the realm of my finances and I obeyed him, you know how I begin to see myself? I, I begin to see myself as rich. Amen. Remember what we've said. The kingdom of God, rich is not how much you have. Rich is who you are. We used to, Lee and I, we'd go, we'd be in Hawaii or we'd be in Ireland, we'd be someplace and we'd think, how in the world did we get here? And what was our, we used to say, it's fun living like millionaires but not having to worry about the money. We, we just, we had that crazy faith. How many remember crazy faith? Time to get it back. Amen. 
And when you discern the voice of God, now it's very simple. If you just go through, meditate on that, you'll see. He submitted himself to what God was doing. He fulfilled righteousness through that baptism. His place of submission became his place of anointing. And in that anointing, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, he went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He wants the same thing out of us. I've always noticed you submit yourself to the, to the, to the plan of God. Then listen, it's something you've got to do constantly because the enemy's always fighting you. You've always, you've, always got, you've always got to push back when he pushes you. Because the devil will do everything he can do to keep you out of church, keep you out of the word, keep you out of prayer. He'll do everything he can do. But if you'll make a decision, I'm not going to be ruled by what the devil does or does not want me to do. And then I guarantee you that submission will get easier and easier and easier. You'll begin to put yourself under the dictates of the word of God. It'll begin to work in your life. You'll be blessed in the church. Your fellowship will be sweet. Your gift will work and operate. You'll live under an open heaven. When God speaks, you won't say, did it thunder? Amen. And then chapter 4, go right into chapter 4. You'll be resistant against temptation with the it is written of God that are pinned upon your heart by the Holy Ghost who's written them there. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight for the living word living on the inside of us, empowering us, keeping us, helping us, Lord. Spirit of God, you are our helper, our comforter, our counselor, our standby, our strengthener, our advocate, our intercessor. We thank you tonight. You're that standing by helper. You're that one that takes what is written in our hearts, the rhema, the revelation that God places on, each, on, on the inside of each of us. It gives us our identity, gives us our true reality. Thank you, Heavenly Father. It's working in us. The Word is working mightily in us in Jesus' name. Father, thank you as we leave tonight for your protection, your safety. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we're protected. Handling the righteous resource you've placed in our life. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you, Father, that you bless. If there are changes, thank you that your plan will be played out perfectly in our lives as your provision blesses and keeps us in every way. Lord, let that fire of evangelism burn in us. Let us see, recognize the opportunities we have to be a witness of his resurrection power. Thank you. We'll be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. Thank you for our church. We leave walking in love one toward another. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.